Welcome to Philanthropy Today. Our goal is to inspire giving by educating listeners on ways to give and how to connect with charitable causes. My name is Dave Lewis. I'm your host of Philanthropy Today. Thank you for joining the show. On Philanthropy Today, we have been looking back at 25 years of leadership, of growth, and a lot of great stories. And Vern, today we have a gentleman who has been here since the very beginning. Indeed. Uh, Jim, we're glad to have you here. Jim Morrison was our board chair in 2003, 2004, but uh, more important to that, uh, you know, he was at the table when this community foundation was even being a, a dream, I guess, at that point in time. And so, uh, uh, Jim, thanks for being with us today. We look forward Absolutely. to hearing about some of those discussions, and uh, we appreciate all you've done. So, Well, it's been an interesting ride. It's been a spectacular ride in the sense of result and success. So um, in the beginning, our goal was to survive <laughs> and to be an opportunity for Manhattan. Yes. So that first conversation, when the three of you got together and started talking about forming a community foundation, uh, what was that vision like? Uh, truthfully, it was probably a self-serving vision. Uh, Mark Knockendoffel was there saying, I'm tired of helping organize and create all these uh, tax-exempt organizations. Can't we do it once, right? Um, Jim Gordon was there saying, I'm tired of having all these people ask me to do tax <laughs> documents mm -hmm. so they can be a 501c3. And I was echoing that was saying, I'm tired of doing all the legal work for all these people that want to have a free pass on taxes okay. in the organization. So the three of us saw there's an opportunity and a need to have an organization that c can take on all these tasks, and we didn't have to. And so... In the one sense, it was pretty self-serving to the three of us because there were tons of requests at that time to do things. Every organization mm -hmm. wanted to be tax exempt. Every organization didn't want to have to do taxes and leadership. And so we felt like, and I don't remember if it was Mark or Jim had a client that had just left a boatload of money to charities in the East Coast that they really didn't know anything about because there was nothing in Manhattan. Mm -hmm for them to do. Right. And that was really how we started talking about what do we do and how do we do it and when do we do it. Well, it's been quite a story and quite a legacy that the three of you uh, uh, were at the forefront on. Well, I, yeah. It, I don't know how or why. I don't know who called the meeting. I assume it was probably Mark, mm -hmm. but I don't know who was the guilty party of <laughs> calling the meeting to order. We didn't have any Robert's rules of operation. Uh -huh. We just... <laughs> No, all it. in favor say aye. <laughs> More like cheers. Yeah. It, it was organized, but it was not a standard organization. It well, was really a, fun. There's a story about uh, you all getting together and talking about this was a good idea. And somebody asked the question about, well, when should we schedule our next meeting? And I, I heard something about a fist go on the table and saying, we've said that forever. It's time to get her going now. And I do believe the fist is in this room. So... Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I was not a big fan of a lot of meetings. So, and, and I think the message was clear. You had to do it. It needed to be done. And nobody else was going to do it. So the three of us. And then I think after we made that decision, um, Dirk Dave Lyon came on, Mary Jane Brown, and the five of us 
actually then created the corporation and then it went from there. Yes, indeed. Oh. You were president. Yeah, I think I was the second one. I second think president, yes. Jim Gordon was first, I okay. think. Okay, yep. And then in I was, 2003 to 2004, right? Well, that's what Vern's record said. <laughs> okay. I'm an old guy. You we're going to go with that. All right. <laughs> and we're not going to test your memory too much. Oh, good. But, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, here you're in the early stages of something that was, you know, in, in, in many respects, a bit of a pipe dream. Well, it was certainly not something etched in stone. Mm -hmm. it, it was very fluid. We really didn't know how it was going to work out. Mm -hmm. uh, amazingly, that early year, we got a gift. Up until then, we all three had volunteered our time and effort and cost. But we finally had, I think, a 10000 and maybe a $200,000 gift in that first year or two that then said, it's going to work. Yeah. When you were... Uh in that leadership capacity. What are some of the things that you recall about, you know, what those meetings were like, what the vision was, what were those conversations like? I think our primary focus always was, we are surviving, we are making progress. Are we gonna be patient enough to see if it works mm -hmm. really the way we wanted? Um, Vern reminded me that during my term, there was a health match out of Wichita mm -hmm. Health Group Health Kansas Health Foundation. Kansas yeah. Health Foundation that had matching program for local foundations to advance charity and foundation work. And we took that on. We were successful in getting a grant. Um, and then we had to raise money to do that. And so really, during my term, taking that grant on and raising the money to match the grant probably was most what we did. As you look back on that time and, and the time since, what are some of the things that stand out in your mind? And, you know, and you're looking at it probably from a different perspective after you served as uh, as president. Right. And then, you know, you have other capacities, you have other interests, you have clients that are looking for for opportunities. What, what are some of the things that stand out to you? Well, first of all. I was never as optimistic as Mark Knockendoffel was about financial <laughs> success. I don't know anybody is. <laughs> the, uh, in one of our planning meetings, we were going to make a goal, how much we were going to raise. And the issue was, what was the right number? And I think at the time we were sitting at $500,000. And I was saying, well, in 10 years, if we're at $5 million, that will be amazement. And Mark just threw a fit and said, no, we're going to be at 10. And I said a few words about his sanity. And from there, uh, by the time we got to the 10 year, we were at 10 million plus. Um, so our, our idea was that we just had to keep giving opportunities. Mm -hmm. After my term, the trustees grew. Uh, the board of directors, the core board stayed fairly static at about 10, I think, or 11 people. And then it grew to where their trustees and Vern would have to help me, but it looks like on the, the map, it's about 120 trustees now or yeah, more? right now we got 140 trustees okay. and probably another 30 40 young trustees so, okay. so that was all um, the other was we really had no idea where it would go it was obvious that it was needed it was obvious it was used as a as a practicing lawyer then now since reasonably retired mm -hmm. it was always a benefit for me to say 
when a number of people say, I don't know what to do with my money, we would encourage them to talk about their goals and philanthropy, always refer to them as a background for the community foundation. And so it was always nice to have that tool available to help people because a lot of times they looked at the purveyor of the information as tell me what to do. Right. And that was not something I wanted to tell people. I wanted to tell them they had options. Well, and that, uh, that in itself is a unique from your profession because uh, a lot of individuals that were attorneys back then would do what their clients asked them to do. And, and for you to present the community foundation and charitable options to them was, was pretty unique. And it's obviously paid dividends for the community and the community foundation in that process. So we're, we're grateful. Well, you know, when you have faith in what you've created, it isn't hard to do that. Yes. And we had faith that what we had set up was legal, accountable, and going to be responsible. So it, it was never a challenge for me to tell folks that this was an opportunity. So a number of lawyers, you're right, and other financial advisors didn't want to do that because they either thought that was interfering with their own practice or business or whatever. Right. Indeed. You know, we look back at, you know, now 25 years of the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation and you ever so short-sighted with a $5 million uh, <laughs> vision uh, now looking at, you know, well over 300 million. And, you know, and obviously, you know, we've grown with uh, the, the affiliate partnerships that we have uh, throughout to Northeast Kansas. That was totally unheard of, unexpected, unbelievable in our mm -hmm. mentality. We never saw that as even an option or an issue or yeah. an opportunity. But yeah. that's why I say we got it started and where it's gone from there is just unreasonably positive. Yeah. You know, you think about all the other communities that, that are buying into it. Yeah. So, you know, that trio of you guys that, that started something, you know, it wasn't just, you know, a legacy that you're leaving in Manhattan, but, you know, the continuum of going into, you know, other communities and providing mm -hmm. the same type of opportunities. How many are there now satellites? There are 20 now and uh, 21 on the horizon. So uh, Unbelievable. And that would have been uh, the Dover Community Foundation was the first one that kind of right. came into play in those early years. And uh, uh, Frankfurt was shortly thereafter. But um, I forget the first year of Dover, but it would have been right around your, your time frame there. I was still on the board. I don't think I was president, but yeah. I was still on the board at yeah. that time. And Just, that was the 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 evolution of an estate gift that came in and they were looking for a way to manage that. And, uh, and I believe it was a Jim Gordon account that uh, brought that together. And, and so the next thing we know, we got a, got an affiliate program going. So all of those are amazing. Yes. Yep. What are some of the things as you look back with your association with the greater Manhattan community foundation in really 25 years now that, uh, that you think are the most impressive? We survived. <laughs> yeah. We succeeded. There's a lot of organizations that haven't done as That's done that. And and they weren't bad organizations. They maybe weren't set up properly or have the long-term support. Um, I just think you look at the various funds that we have, I don't know, 80 or 100 funds. I think when we started, we had three. <laughs> and well, so we're, we're 1,500 now, but that's uh, oh, of, well, the, hmm. 
on that attached tape. You need to keep up here, little Jim. <laughs> I need to well, keep up. Well, the Manhattan base of that fund is probably around 300 funds. Okay. Um, so you're not that far off when it comes to just Manhattan itself. So. But just look at all the issues those funds address or aid. Um, some of them more successful than others if you look at size and effect, but they all are positive. I think one of the words that stands out to me, and, you know, we talk at the GMCF about time, talent, and treasure, you know, and you have been involved in both, but but I consider you a community treasure, <laughs> mostly because, you know, the vision that you have, the love for the community, and, you know, you took an opportunity to visit with people that, that came to you for help. And, and you know, and, and I don't think it was necessarily self-serving as you had, had acknowledged earlier, mm -hmm. But, but you had a lot of vision for the community uh, over the last 25 years with the GMCF. Well, it's one of those that I did, and it's been successful. There's a lot of other visions I have that are <laughs> not as haven't positive. Haven't done so well. They haven't done so well, <laughs> but I still have visions. So you can I, put this on the resume then. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Jim's being very humble. I mean, he was the... Uh, uh, beginning force of several very prominent foundations in the community and uh, uh, that have been very much mainstays for growth and development and service to our community. And uh, uh, we are very grateful as community citizens for doing that, Jim. Well, the three major ones I've done have, have been just the same as this one. You get it started, you get it established, and you have it secure. And they do things way beyond that we ever could dream. I mean, five million or ten, either one of those was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. No way does that even understand three hundred and twenty different satellite organizations. Couldn't have been dreamt up. What are some of the other organizations that you've helped guide or helped establish? Uh, the first one, primary one, was Metal Arc Hills. I was uh, one of the founders and creators with the other churches on that. Um, that started in 75 and opened in 80. So it's been on the roadways. It appears to be successful. Uh, it keeps growing anyway. Again, we thought we were doing a Chevrolet, and it's gone way beyond that. It's yeah. amazing. And the school foundation started out with a $2,000 grant for my 25th high school uh, reunion class. Mm -hmm. And it's now... I haven't seen the balance sheet. I've recently gotten off of that board, but last I knew it was three and a half million dollars giving scholarships, teacher awards out every year. Yeah. So um, those are the three that primarily, there were a number of others, some still going, but not as rapidly successful as the other yeah. three. But they're there, they're serving, so that's the issue. Well, um, you're here and you're still serving. Well, I've... I've taken a step back or two, but I'm still here. <laughs> um, anyway, look forward to watching these three organizations, the school, Medlark, and the Greater Community Foundation go on and grow. Your time here with this organization and as a professional advisor in the community and, and certainly just a servant of the community, and uh, you've done so much from a service point of view that others didn't take the initiative to do. And... Uh, Jim, we're very grateful uh, for that, uh, very thankful for your time, and, and we really appreciate uh, all that you've done and all that you continue to do. So thank you. It was never a burden. It was never a burden. So it sits well. Well, we're, uh, we're very appreciative, and this community is a better place because of you. Well, thank you.
Dave. I can echo you. that. Oh, <laughs> Dave has a little bias, I think. And, yeah. so is fair. and I'm allowed. I'm <laughs> yeah, allowed. You're, you're the main speaker, so you can do that. Well, I don't know about the main speaker. You're the uh, main speaker here today, but uh, it's been a delight to get to visit with you and, and share some of the that background of your years with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation and other organizations. And, uh, you know, we're, um, we're, we're proud of what you've done. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Philanthropy Today, an inside look at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. You can always learn more about the GMCF at our website, mcfks.org. We also invite you to subscribe to Philanthropy Today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lewis. I'm proud to host Philanthropy Today. It's hosted and produced in the Ad Astra Cast Studios in downtown Manhattan, Kansas. Thank you.